You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. In the spirit of reconciliation, we are theatre acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hello, theatre fans, one and all. Welcome back to the We Are Theatre podcast. Today, I am joined by someone who inspired me to be where I am today, Jillian from the Hammercast. Um, I've been listening to you in my ears for years, and now I get to chat to you about this and life and everything. So, hello. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Josh. Thank you so much for those kind words. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. It feels a little bit surreal, but I uh, thank you so much. And thank you for dealing with my time zone difference. You're okay. we, not we in get... New York City. You couldn't no. be farther away. Yeah. Look, complete other side of the world. I'm pretty sure it's a different day right now where I am. I think it's tomorrow are. for you. Yeah. I'm so in your yesterday. We're time traveling in between. So. <laughs> you know, it's one of my all time. It's like on my list of places to go, but I have a, a pretty intense fear of flying. So I have to find a way to get to Australia. Maybe I'll just knock myself out for the flight or whatever, because I, I really want to experience. I mean, you could go to Hawaii and cruise down. But then you have I don't want to go to back. I don't want to go to Hawaii because uh, it's not cool for like white tourists to go down there. I want to respect yeah. the people of Hawaii. Um, so, yeah, I'd rather go see you. I, also, I love your land acknowledgement that you have at the top of your episodes. You. We respect Welcome. everybody. It's actually um, Australia Day, Invasion Day. Here today? today. So, yeah, oh, wow. there's a okay. lot going around today. I'm actually traveling and on the road that's why for you guys that watch the show regularly you're not seeing my regular background i'm in adelaide right now so yeah um yeah a whole different city to experience all this in which is good there's been smoking ceremonies and everything this morning respecting the people which is can you explain what that is i'm not i'm not entirely clear on so, what that day uh, means. this isn't probably so essentially australia day started in 1994 okay uh and is a very contentious point because it's also the day that white settlers came to australia and that led to a lot of genocide and yeah. hurt against the indigenous people of Australia. So, so it's like our Thanksgiving, like American yeah, it, Thanksgiving it extent, kind of? To an extent. Yeah. We're essentially celebrating invasion to an extent. Oh, you're set. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what Thanksgiving is. I mean, it's also for indigenous people, like a national, they, it's like their day of mourning, I think they yeah. call it. Yeah. For so American similar, Thanksgiving. But so. it's a very contentious point. Here right now, and um, that's why we pay respect to all our Aboriginal elders, totally. past, present, future, and everything like it. that. Because yeah, we should definitely change the date and move forward and reconcile things like that. So yeah, Agreed. it's um yeah interesting day here to view mm. all that. Um, but we yeah. are here to talk about theatre for all you guys. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Um, no, that's okay. Um, how? For those that don't know you, that maybe are in my side of the world and haven't heard of the Hamill cast um, <laughs> or yourself, um, uh... how did you get to? <laughs> oh, Sorry. It was such a big part of my like introduction Aww. to theatre. So this is kind of surreal. But um, how did you get into theatre? What was your introduction to the the world that we are a part of? Well, I grew up in New York. I'm a born and raised New Yorker. So 
uh, theater was, in, you know, my parents had vinyls and records and um, then CDs. And I grew up going to Broadway shows when I was a kid. I was uh, very fortunate to be able to do that and have parents, you know, my parents also grew up in New York, so they also grew up going to Broadway shows. So they sort of like, we all just kind of loved it. It was like the soundtrack in the car, you know, we'd be listening to cast recordings. And um, so that was my, I grew up with it really. Like it wasn't, I'm, I'm lucky enough to say that it was sort of, it was my backyard. Um, so it's a pretty, it's very eventful, but at the same time, not an eventful thing. I didn't like stumble upon it. It was just a part of my life. Music yeah. was always a part of my life. My parents had like every cool vinyl, like Queen. My dad loved, loves Queen. Um, so all of these really cool records, like movie soundtracks and and cast recordings and just like the albums of the time. My parents also just like they growing up in New York, they saw every single movie in the theater and real iconic movies from the 70s. Like they have stories about going to see The Exorcist in the theater and people like running out of the theater real like so they saw cool. Rocky in the theater you know all of this stuff so that is sort of a big part of my upbringing and really framed who I am just sort of being just liking and appreciating and having like a real personal connection to pop culture or music especially that's going on around me yeah and I'm lucky enough to be from New York so that's a pretty it's a pretty big treasure trove yeah 100% kind of <laughs> takes all the boxes there yeah right <laughs> um if you if we take Hamilton out of the mix, can you yeah. give me a couple of your favorite shows of all time that you've had the pleasure of seeing? Yeah. The first show I ever saw ever was Crazy for You, which is Gershwin. And um, it is my uncle knew some of the musicians in it. So not only was it my first real like big, like what you consider a Broadway show, like tap dancing is involved and a big like dance numbers. Um I got to be on the stage and behind the stage. And that was like a, a big kind of like, whoa, like just being a little kid. Um, Les Mis was a big deal for me, um, getting to see that too in New York on Broadway. I also really love um, my friend and co-host on my other podcast, True Crime Obsessed, Patrick always sort of says that there's like a little bit of like a, a, an old queen gay gay man queen in me because i love like damn yankees i love bye bye birdie um so yeah like gwen verdon and Anne margaret and you know uh i don't i mean the name of the show is gypsy i'm not saying it as a as a slur but it's you know that show is another thing i grew up with that movie yeah. um those movies and and just that was the thing you know like every friday night when we would like rent movie i'm an only child so my parents we did like a, we were like a little crew so we did a lot of things together and like friday night was like movie night and we'd like rent a movie and i i was always like okay it was like a, a roster it was just like what's up next is it like <laughs> bye bye birdie again is it damn yankees again is it like this <laughs> like, um so it was a lot of the those sort of old, old school um, shows that I grew up on that are still like so, so important to me. And I, um, I remember like also like Newsies too, like the oh. the movie Newsies, um, which I, I'm a Newsies purist, so I prefer yeah. the the film to um, the documentary film. No, it's not a documentary. Um, yeah, they all look, they all got their choreo <laughs> on the newspaper. Like, oh, now we just run and scream. Um, that was a big thing to me. And I remember I recently. Um, last year, a year and a half ago, um, came out as bisexual and, you know, I'm married to a man. So that's sort of a thing that a straight guy. So that's people, I don't know, there's a lot of bi erasure, but I remember, you know, when people have been asking me about it, it's like, no, I'd, I'd be like, 
do I have a crush on the Newsies or do I have a crush on Anne Margaret and, and, and all that, you know, like Mary Poppins was another big one where it's like, yeah. Julie Andrews is so beautiful, but I also like have a crush on Dick Van Dyke. Like Dick Van Dyke was my first crush. So it was, you know, there's a lot going on there. I love that. <laughs> um, moving into the world of being theater adjacent, like we are in having this weird connection with shows and, an ability to sit down with some incredible humans. Um, your roster is a lot thicker and more uh, famous than my roster that I've had. Look, in but- Jan- where this is January 25th, January 30th, it'll be seven years of the Hamilcast. So it's it takes time. It's, it's not, yeah. you know, you get it. Yeah. You've been doing this too. So 100%. yeah, yeah. Let's, let's throw it back to seven years ago because listening okay. to your first few episodes is like throwing it back because that's what I did oh. when I, when I started my first show with six, that's where I started. I was like, cool. Where did Julian start? And I listened to your oh, first couple gosh. episodes and I was like, okay, cool. This is easy. Let's go. Yeah. And then re- literally recorded the first episode of my first podcast on my phone. I did a draft walking through the streets of New York after Broadway con going to a fundraiser that Moulin Rouge did and then got back to the hotel room, sat down and like recorded it. And it was yeah fabulous. But like, how did the idea come about? What was it that spurred the Hamilcast? Oh. Actually for anybody, do you just want to give a summary of what the Hamilcast is for anyone? That oh, sure. The, the, the- yeah. the Ham- I mean, it's, it also, yeah, the Hamilcast is a, a podcast about um, Hamilton, the musical, and it is also sort of over these seven years evolved into things in sort of the Lynn, Manuel Miranda universe in the terms that, you know, fans of Hamilton who are, uh, you know, historic, like Joanne Freeman, she's a historian. Um, she came on um, and also like Freestyle of Supreme, which is his uh, hip hop, hip hop improv group. Like it's all sort of like it's all kind of connected. Yeah. So it's not like a Lynn podcast, but, you know, there are also people who I've spoken to, like like Sam Wasson, who wrote the book the Fosse book that uh, Fosse Verdon was based on, like he he's been on. So it's just a little, but it's just conversations. We're just talking to people, you know, like cast crew, um, all the creatives, like Lynn has like, I think like seven episodes uh, through his two visits on. Um, so we're just like talking about the thing, you know, we're just, yeah. So it started. Um, yeah. It's so funny. So it started in January of 2016 and it started because a dear friend, my best friend, Ashley, she's been on the show a ton of times. Um, she's a teacher in New York City. She teaches history and government. And uh, we're both only children. She's like my bones. She's like my sister. I, I adore her. She's she's family to me. Um, and she said, you got to listen to this thing. That was October 2015 when it came out on NPR, when the, the cast album came out on NPR. And um, I sort of missed it. There was a lot going on in my life and I wasn't like... I stopped being cool. Like I used to be, um, I used to know everything. I used to know like, Oh, this is coming up. I used to, I used to go to like rock shows all the time. And uh, there was just a lot going on in my life at the time. And I sort of stepped, I, my finger went off the pulse a little and I, I stopped being cool. Um, and she's like, you gotta listen to this. You gotta listen to it. And we were listening to it in the car to see Mike, my husband perform in a show somewhere. And, uh, it was like pouring rain. It's just like, it's so funny. It's like, where do you remember where you were when like this thing happened, you know, yeah. we were in the car and I remember like there was a hole in the bottom of my shoe. So like my shoe got soaking wet. Like it was just little details that I remember, but I remember listening to it. And, uh, by like $10 founding father without a father, I was like, I, something's like happening here. Like something's happening that night. Um, this is true. I went home. Uh, I, 
I ordered new headphones immediately. Um, I prefer over the can headphones, but I ordered them because I was like, I'm going to be listening to this a lot. And I can, I can already hear that there are a lot of layers to this and the little, you know, shitty headphones that I had were just like not going to cut it. So I got yeah. like real, real ones um, with that, with the purpose, knowing that like, this is it for like a while. Like this is just <laughs> all I want in my ear because I need, I knew that there, I knew in some way, you know, looking back on it, hindsight really is an interesting thing because I was just like, I need, I want to dive into this more. I know there are things that I'm missing. I know like that there are probably like musical themes there, like not even knowing what a genius Alex Lacamoire truly was like at the time, you know, there was so many things, even, even listening to it now, there's like so many things that I'm like, still, what is Oh my and I'm God. Like, and I remember text like, don't text tweeting. him anytime. Don't text him. I tweeted like, like at one point and I was like, what is this sound? Like, what is, can you just, and luckily he broke it down for me. And I was like, thank God. Like, Do you remember what oh, it was? I can't remember. I can't remember the song, but it was something that like, it took, I reckon a hundred listens before mm-hmm. I was like, I heard it. And then as soon as I heard it, I was like, what is that? Yeah. Oh my word. I'll tell you a secret that there are members of uh, the cabinet, which is, you know, Lynn, and Tommy and Lack and Andy, you know, they listen to the podcast, which is wild. But I um, hear from some of them sometimes that they are super, they're, they are learning things about their own show. Like I've, I've heard from Lynn where he's like, I didn't know that. And it's like, but you worked with Andy for a thousand years to make this thing. So they, like even the layer and that's, it's just like, you know how the cabinet works. Yeah. It's so amazing. Anyway, that was October of 2015 and I was listening to it. And then I was talking about it so much and I think anyone knows anyone who's a fan of anything can see when people are like checking out when you're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, really where they're just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you're like, God, you don't care, but I'm still going to tell you anyway. Like you just sort of can't <laughs> help it. And um, you know, I have ADHD. So listening to podcasts is very difficult for me because if it, there's not like a visual component to it, I find myself uh, you know, doing that ADHD thing, my brain's moving. And so I'm like rewinding a lot. So I didn't know how to make a podcast. I hadn't listened to them. I didn't know anything about that world at all. Um, but there was something that happened. Like Hamilton had gotten me back in touch with a, a friend of mine who I hadn't spoken to in a really long time because she was like, I see you talking about this on social media. Like what? And it was just sort of bringing people together. And I I felt that instantly. And so I just said one day, I was like, I want to, I want to make a podcast about this thing and I don't know how to do it. But you know, when Mike and I got married the first year, we don't have any kids or anything. We have a dog named Fiona. She's amazing. She's at my feet right now, but we just celebrated 10 years of marriage and our first year being married, we made a web series together and we didn't know how to do that either. And then the next year we made the second season. So I was like, well, I know how to edit. I can edit video. And I sort of just throw myself into the deepest end of the pool anyway. I was like, I can fig- I think I can figure this out. I want to do it. I have this drive to do it. Why- there is no Hamilton podcast. Like, why not? Why not? Yeah. So I invited uh, my my friend to come over and I said, look, you don't have to do anything. I, I'll get the equipment. I'll figure it out. I'll do everything else. All you have to do is come over to my apartment and sit on my couch and talk about your favorite thing. Like, are you in? And she said, yeah. So it started, I didn't have any, I was so excited. I was like, so let's start tomorrow. Like, let's let's do it now. And I was so excited about it that like, I got the camcorder that we used. So the web series that Mike and I made um, is called The Residuals. And it's about um, actors in New York City auditioning for commercials, which is what we did for a very, very, very long time. Um, And Mike is a a working actor. So that's still, still part of his life. But 
when we were doing that, you'd sit in these audition rooms and there, there would be these people like just bullshitting and bragging. Oh, what are you up to? Like that, that horrible, like what's new with you conversation. What, what yeah. can I see you in lately? Like all of this nonsense. And then the auditions themselves were wild. Like why? Like, Oh, you know, like for the men, like come in and take your shirt off. And you're like, wait, what? Or, you know, just these ridiculous, like jump around like a bird. And you're like, what? Like just ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous things. And it was one of those, like, if we don't laugh about it, we're going to cry. So let's make a show about it. Um, and that was sort of the beginning of making your own stuff to sort of yeah. stay working or staying relevant, whatever. Um, so I was like, well, so, and one of, those one of the pieces of equipment we had we had like a real an excellent uh director of photography named ed caraballo so he had his own equipment but we had this like little camcorder that we used as like the audition camera so like you, we'd film it and then you'd see like the audition on the camera on this camcorder and that was the only microphone i had so for the first like two episodes um we were recording sharing one microphone on that little camcorder and i didn't edit it and there's like ums and mouth sounds and dead air and all this crazy nonsense. Uh, but I just wanted it up. So I think we recorded on like a Thursday and by Saturday, like a Saturday, like the first two episodes were out. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, things happen and people have priorities change. And then, you know, I think it was by like episode 80 when James Monroe Iglehart came over. It was it, it was me. It was just me. And, you know. Uh, my co-host had different priorities and, you know, her heart wasn't really in it. And I said, well, you know, this was my kind of my thing anyway. And I'm just going to, why I'm not going to stop. Why would I stop? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so I just kept it going and it started with us, like the first, like several episodes, which I can't even like bring myself to listen to. Um, <laughs> it's so hard just to because listen to I your know, own episodes back, guys. Like, <laughs> you, you know, you listen to it when you edit it. But when it, when it, once it's published, you, you just don't go back to it. And you can't just go back. Leave it out I there. Can't. <laughs> there have been a couple of times with like listening parties with the listeners or like the Patreon peeps, the my like Patreon supporters. Like when Lynn came over, I would stay up until midnight and we'd all like have a little listening party and like yeah. a thread in our private Facebook group. But even then it was like, ouch. Oh, God. It hurt. Like, why am I the way I am? Um, but it started and, and you know, people have reminded me because, again, I won't go back. But even in the first episode, I'm like, well, we'll ask Lynn when he comes over. And I was just putting it like, oh, Alex Lackamore, when, you, uh, we'll just ask Lack when he comes over. So it started with just me talking to this friend of mine and then other people who like I had who I knew, like Ashley, my best friend would come on and be like, you know, we were reading the churnout chapters like and yeah. sort of like explaining them. And then I'm like, God, this is not how my brain works. So and I would like I it was very stressful to then like explain a chapter um, with my ADHD brain that didn't yeah. and like all these outlines. So it started off very just like people talking about the thing. Yeah. Um, and then very early on, Scott Wasserman, who who came back again, Scott Wasserman, uh, we call the beat master. He, he makes like the beats, like the hip hop horse and all of the the things on like the Ableton um, technology, like he was just like, Hey, like what, like, what's this? And he was like someone who was affiliated with the show, like very early on yeah. Anthony rap came on, I think episode 21, like there were, it was sort of very quickly, shockingly, there were people interested in it Fine. because it was yeah. early 2016 and everyone was sort of getting the glazed over look from their friends yeah. and family. Um, I was getting emails from like Australia from the Midwest, from all, all, literally all over the world, from people eight years old asking their mom to email on on yeah. their behalf to like 80 year old librarians. Like and it sort of became clear very quickly, like this is 
this is huge. Like not my, my show, like Hamilton, like it's reaching people and they want to talk about it. And like, okay, so we're doing this. Like now this is it now. Like, Oh, okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. And and that's a weird feeling when you get to that point where things just kind of, it almost feels like you're five steps behind and things have kind of, you've like, cool. How do I, catch up real quick so I can stay ahead of it. (laughs) Yeah. And and I always say to people, like people sort of ask, like, because the show now is so, so, so different. And it's also changed since the pandemic. Cause the the whole thing is like, if you want to come on, you come over to my house and I'll make you a cocktail or, you know, tea, if you're Tommy Kale, or if you don't drink water or whatever, there'd be snacks there. There'd be a playlist on. It was very like hospitable, like come over and let's party and then talk and maybe like, order pizza or maybe like sometimes people like crashed on the couch. Like it became a thing. And then the Andy Blankenbuehler was the last person to come over before everything shut down. And now it's also been very different since the, you know, the pandemic and we've all gone virtual and also like people in New York, I don't want to put anyone, I mean, I've, you know, as boosted and and vaxxed as I can get and I keep everyone's safety in mind, but I don't want to add to, any of their stress of maybe they can't, you know, they have to call out. So, you know, um, but I always say like, you have to, and it can be scary, but you have to let the thing be what it's supposed to be. Um, and because it's so different now. And if I fought that, like Lynn wouldn't have come over, you know, like all these different things. And I remember like, uh, when I told my agents, like, I don't want to act anymore because I found this podcasting thing and I fell in love with it. I remember thinking like, am I allowed to do that? Because so yeah. much of my personality was like, the conversations were like, Hey, Jillian, how are you? What's new? And it's like, Oh, just auditioning. Like, just like waiting for that thing. And I felt like I just made it so much of myself yeah. that like, am I allowed to step away from it? And when I wrote that email, that nice email, just saying like, I was getting emails for auditions and like resenting it. And I was like, this is bad. There's yeah. someone who wants this and deserves this spot more than me. And I, I, I don't want it anymore. My heart's not in it. And I don't know what this, this road is going to be, but like, it's calling me and I got to do it. And then I wrote this email and they were like, great, congratulations. Like everything's going great. Like, good job. And the weight, I felt like yeah, I couldn't believe what I was carrying for so long. Yeah. How let's just dive into that like podcasting moment because finding your feet behind a microphone is rough ice. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It's not easy. Did you have a moment where you like finally felt comfortable doing this and like just talking Um, and knowing, (laughs) Hey, I can't leave dead air here. Like when things kind of just started to click and you were like, yeah, cool. This is, I've, I've got it now. Yeah. You know, I came, I I worked in radio for a while. I did voiceovers for a while. I, I, you know, I was an actor. I did a lot of on-camera hosting. I, you know, still can do that. So like that wasn't the scary part to me, you know, but there was, it's so funny that you say that. It's just sort of like something just clicked. It's realizing that I could edit it. So like, there is no dead air. It's like everything I was telling the guest if they were nervous, because a lot of these people are like swings who think that no, that what that like what they do isn't interesting yeah. and that no one cares about them. And I'm like, I care about everything about you. 100%. Like what, when were you born? And then start from there <laughs> and then we'll get to, you know, that's why so many people have, everyone has two, three episodes, you know, cause yeah. I just, I don't, everything See, I, is I love important. that for you. Like I, I one don't have the time. Like we, I get put on time constraints for a lot of my episodes just because of scheduling and things like that. But Oh, you have me for as long as you want me, Josh. Oh, we can see, do this. Perfect. Guys, this yeah. is the first three episode of We Are <laughs> Theatre. Um, yeah. So sit tight. But um, 
yeah, like having the the just the conversation to be able to run that long and have like just so much depth and be like, cool, but how do you feel during this part? And like, mm-hmm. what do you take out of this? And da, 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 da. Like, it's just really, if you guys haven't listened to any of Jillian's episodes, go do it because oh, thanks, it Josh. will change your life. But like just the way to have that much kind of content to talk about and sit in a spot with somebody and be like, cool, just tell me about what you do and just yeah, go. Like is it's just a really unique place that we sit in where we can just facilitate that. And it's just, it's weird sometimes to be like, cool, this is what I do. Right, right, right. And like, but it's so great. And I, I always like, if I, when I'm talking to people for the first time or like, you know, sending, if I'm put in touch with someone or, or, or asking them to be on the show or whatever, I always make a point to say like, yes, it's called the Hamilcast. Yes, we'll talk about your experience in Hamilton, but like there are so many things that led you there and there are so many things, no matter where you are in your journey, like if you I've had people say like, but I haven't been in the show for a while. Like so and I'm like, so what? Like, I don't you know whether you've been because it's such a revolving door. And like sometimes it's very cool to have people like when Jonathan Groff came on, he was sort of like, wow, I haven't thought about this in a while. And it's like it was cool for him to look back with having that space. Um, So, and if you don't want to talk about that, then that's great. If you don't want to be on the show because you feel disconnected from it, or maybe you didn't have the best experience or whatever, like, okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for reading my email. Like, don't worry about it. If we're at a bar, if I meet them in passing, whatever. But I always say like, I want to, it's your story. So like Hamilton's a part of your story. We will talk about that, but it's what led you there and what you're doing, either if you're still in the show, what you're doing now or what you're passionate about. Like so many yeah. of these people are activists. So many of the, like everyone has something to say. Yeah. Um, and so it's so it's still so shocking to me when they're like, really? Yeah. This is, also, and, and, a lot of your guests have done incredible things outside of Hamilton, like on stage sure. as well. Like like some of the shows that they've been in are like, cool, I want to dive into King Kong, for example, like with yeah. Carly and it's things funny. like that. Like, yeah. like it's, there's some unique shows that you can touch on as well that aren't around anymore or people might not have thought of for ages. And it's just right. like, I want to dive into that because that's like a really unique piece of showmanship yeah. and things like and that. And it's also like, there have been times where I've spoken to people and it takes us like an hour and a half to get to Hamilton because we're talking about like ayahuasca, they're like experience with ayahuasca or something. And I'm like, and then like it said, like Crystal Joy Brown, it's like suddenly that comes back to Eliza and I'm like, great, like what a journey. And it's like, I'm not gonna, I don't censor people. You know, I'm, I'm under the show's umbrella in the sense that, you know, Lynn liked what I was doing. And when he came on, he was like, I sort of like this, like, let's, you know, put you on the app and do that. But there's no creative control. I don't get paid by the show. This is a total passion project. I don't get paid at all. Um, And it's something I'm doing to just talk to people. And I realize that to not just the listeners, but the people who come on, like they really appreciate that space, especially since 2020 to be able to talk about race and um, just like the reckoning on Broadway and theater and not, no one's like talking shit about Hamilton, but they're like, we can talk about anything. There's no censorship. It's my show. There's no, I mean, I do everything. Um, And so there's no like editorial control by anyone else. So I'm grateful and honored to be, you know, on the app and still be, you know, affiliated with the show in that sense. Um, But it's like, no one's going to be, I can't, it's not like, Oh, you said no, like say it, it's your experience. Yeah. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm not, there's no point. Like we had a massive theme with um, salt and things like that here in Australia. It was massive in the media and theater. And one of the first guests I had on after the show was like addressed it directly. And I was like, cool, go nuts. Right. Like if you want to go down this road, we'll go down this road and we'll have this right. conversation because it needs like to be Like they have the microphone. hundred percent. Like this, you can talk about whatever you want here and that's okay. It was luckily, like, it just happened to fall within show themes. And he was like, cool, I can take this here. And like, mm-hmm. I was like, go nuts. I'm not going to yeah. stop you there. Like, um, very, very it's interesting. Also, yeah. Like, it's also so fun and interesting, or n- I mean, not necessarily fun, but just interesting to have like, you know, one person, one on like a Monday record with me and say something very strongly and like that's their experience and then have someone a couple days later either maybe in the same company or playing the same role or play whatever have a totally different point of view on that and yeah. i'm like that's the thing like how cool that everyone is sort of living in this space where everything is experienced in a different way depending yeah. on what the rest of your story is you know 100 yeah, it's like a it's a very colloquial individual experience and like right and i think that that was a really cool thing about hamilton and other shows is that once we got into that kind of the recent modern phase is that everyone was given that individual individuality to kind of take the role that they're in and make it themselves within obviously constraints and things like that but they were able to view things differently because they weren't just given a book and being like this is who you are yeah right change yeah like it was very much cool discover yourself how do you put yourself into this role and go nuts yeah so yeah very very interesting um from an editing perspective just because podcasts and editing go hand in hand for those of you the work that goes on after we hit the stop button on the recording is mm-hmm. intense. Um, so finding your fit, cause I, I was trained in audio engineering. So I had that background, oh. it, which was kind of a blessing in Lucky disguise. You. So I, yeah. I knew that, but starting fresh and not knowing and having to learn how everything works. What was yeah. that experience like for you? Oh, a rude awakening because I thought I came from video editing. Yeah. So, and you know, telling a story in a, 10 episode web series, I thought like, oh, okay. And you know, the muscle memory. So here's something that's going to make you either laugh or make you crazy. Cause sometimes I get these like horrifying reactions. I still edit the podcast in final cut pro because that's where my muscle memory is. And I don't have time to learn another thing. Yeah. I truly like web app now that I use, like I don't even use Ableton or anything like that. I went from using pro tools to using a web app that's designed right. for podcasting yeah. because it gives me all the tools and it's, easy. And I'm like, right, cool. I'm, this is it now. Like I yeah. don't need to. And that's an, yeah. That's another thing for people who are just like, I don't know if I can make the thing, make the thing because, yeah. and that like, it works for me. Like I, I have like isotope too, if I ever need yeah. to really like mess with or fix audio or whatever. Um, but no, it was a rude awakening because I thought, you know, yes, I have the muscle memory of editing, which is great, but it's also like, there are still issues seven years into this thing where I'm like, why doesn't that make sense? Like, yeah. why can't I figure out the, And I don't know if it's like, I do have some uh, like brain blocks and I don't know if it's the ADHD or if it's just me as a person, like sometimes it's just like a blockage. And some of that has to do with like audio stuff, which is unfortunate because I'm a podcaster for a living, Um, (laughs) but there are still things I'm learning or I'm still doing like YouTube tutorials and I'm still, if I need it, you know, because things are evolving. And so, um, 
I am always learning uh, in every sense on this podcast. I'm learning from my guests and I'm learning how to still make the thing, uh, you know, the best way I can make it. Um, But yeah, it's, it's been interesting and also learning like to shut up in the recordings, like, you know, and it is, God, I hate to say it again, but the ADHD of it all for me is like, if I don't say it now, I'm going to forget it. Yeah. So it sounds like I'm interrupting or I'm rude or I'm not listening. And that's not the case. But also I have to get out of my own way. Like if it sounds that way, then that's a yeah. problem. And people aren't enjoying it the way that I want them to. Um, so it, over the years, I hope that it's also evolved into my excitement is still there. But my excitement isn't like taking over the energy because yeah. I've read, you know, people on the Internet are the way they are. And sometimes they're very mean, but sometimes um, there are things that I I hear and I'm like, no, that's right. You know, yeah. and it's like part, part of the enthusiasm is fun and exciting. And part of it is just like, nope, it's my, my total fear and anxiety that like, I have this person here for this amount of time. And if I don't say it now, I'll never say it. And then they'll walk out the door uh-huh. and then then it'll live forever in this vacuum because podcasts live forever in a vacuum forever. Yeah. And I will not have said it. And if you and ever so listen it, back to that, you'll be like, I could have asked I say, that question I <laughs> Totally. So like that's in my head too. And the pressure of it and like, they're going to leave at any moment. And so it's, it's been uh, a journey, like learning all of that too. Uh, and to get out of my own way and just, you know, I'm not apologizing for who I am. And I, I think there's like a, a, a very beautiful journey and the growth of anyone's first episode to whatever their present episode is. 100%. Like I, I, I don't regret any of it, but of course I've learned from it. And um, yeah, I don't know, but it is hard. You know, you start, you love the thing, you know, Josh, like you just love it. And this person who's a part of it is in front of you. And so. Yeah. I, I think that's know, like, the thing. like you, you can't do this and this is like not so much theater specific. Oh my God specific right now is a word that I cannot use guys. Yeah. You just Headset. did it though. Yeah, I know. Specific. I stumbled, yeah. I stumbled over it the first time it's in my head now. Um, anyway, um, the, the world of podcasting and like being passionate about something is what drives it. Like as soon as you kind of waver on that, I love this. It kind of yeah. becomes work almost, but if you're like sitting down, you know, I just love what I do. Like I get to talk about theater yeah. people and what they do and how they got there. Like, it's just, it's really cool. Like as a conversationalist, just to be like, cool, talk to me about your thing. Like, what do you do? And right. it's just, that drives the passion in itself. Um, but yeah, I think hundred percent, like you've got to, if you love it, just do it because it'll either oh work or you'll learn something from it and you'll be like, cool, I did it. Yeah, And you'll be able to move on. Can I show you something real quick? You're not. Okay. So I uh, I said this to Lynn, when Lynn first came over. So Lynn DM'd me. He followed me back once. Okay. Sorry. God, ADHD brain at work. So what happened was I always knew because when Lynn was on Twitter, he used to say like, I see you at whoever. Like there were people wanted him to see things. This is like 2017-ish, 18 people always wanted him to wanted to show him like I made this remix of Hamilton. I made my show, my school like sung this in acapella or whatever. Yeah. So he would always say, I see you at whatever. 
And I said, even, I think I even said it on the podcast. I don't know. I'm not going to go back and listen, but I was like, one day I'm going to wake up. There's going to be a notification on my phone that says, I see you at the Hamilcast. Yeah. And one day it happened and it happened. I remember it was like May and I'd seen the show the night before. And, um, I see you at the Hamilcast and it said at Lynn underscore Manuel followed you back. And I, like shot up out of bed. And Mike always says it was like the undertaker move from wrestling. I was just like, <laughs> what? Um, and I didn't DM him. I didn't DM him at all. Um, I played it cool. And I was like, if he's listening, then he knows. Cause I say it like every week that he's invited. So yeah. I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to screenshot the fuck out of this, but I'm going to do nothing. <laughs> just going to sit there and just like, <sighs> then Mandy Gonzalez came on. And a couple weeks after that, it was August and I got a DM from him that was like, okay. I loved your Mandy episodes. Yeah. I'm ready. Like, when do you want to do this? Yeah. So in between all that, that was when he was doing his good morning, good night tweets yeah. that became a book. Um, and I he tweeted one that just like got to me, got to my soul, got to my bones. And I, loved it so much. And when he was sitting in front of me in my apartment, I cried at him about it. And one of my amazing listeners printed it out and had it like framed for me. And it says, good morning. Don't wait on anyone to make your favorite thing, make your own favorite thing go. Yeah. And you guys not watching on YouTube right now. Um, oh yeah. It, it's being shown. Um, it's being shown. For- and it was August 22nd, 2017. And when I said that to him, because I think he he came over like early September and I like, that's when I started to get a little teary eyed. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like that's kind of what I d- did a little bit. Yeah. And like, that's why you're here. And he so graciously accepted my tears. Uh, and it was just, he's such a pro, but he was just like, yeah. And like, and like to everyone listening at home, like that's like make the thing, yeah. make it. And so that has always sort of been the thesis of the Hamill cast and really, you know, the residuals too. And anything I do true crime obsessed Twas the night, which is a show that Mike, uh, a, a radio play that Mike, my husband wrote that like James Iglehart is in uh, Chris Jackson is in Nick Walker is in all of these Hamill people. Uh, Anissa folds from free style of Supreme, like just, you know, incredible people. But that was sort of make like make the thing and just let it become what it's going to be, you know, like let it change and let it evolve. And yeah. Yeah. It's definitely evolved Um, from that first episode to say that moment there having in front of you, like how you're probably, I would say one of the, I would, yeah, I would go out and say probably one of the most successful theater specific podcasters out there in no, thank you. in the realm that you work in like oh, with what wow. 380 yeah. odd episodes under your belt the something like that yeah yeah like looking back on where you've been and where you are now getting having the conversations you've had with people and who you've ha- been able to reach out to and have on the show what you've been able to facilitate how does that looking back on it because we don't really look back on it much but you have moments mm-hmm. where you're like yeah, damn, I did that. Like, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, there are some moments yeah. for sure. I think it's my pinned tweet on, I think, my personal account, which is Lynn uh, texting me the morning they announced that 
Hamilton was going to be on Disney Plus like a year earlier than it was supposed to be. Because yeah. if you remember, it was supposed to be like in theaters and then the pandemic hit and then they yeah. bumped it up. Um, so he texted me like like something like you should watch Good Morning America. Like, hey, wake up. You should watch Good Morning America in like 10 minutes. And I was like, I'm up. I'm up. Like, all right, cool. And he was like, don't tweet it. I'll see you after. And I was like, OK, so he he was like, can I post the screenshot on Twitter? Like after, you know, the announcement, I was like, oh, my God. Um, and he goes, can I post this announcement on Twitter? And I said, yeah. And he posted it and he was like, you know, it's been a bit of a day. Like, here's our big announcement. I couldn't help but text Jillian from the Hamilcast right before. And so I quote tweeted it and I said, hey, 2016 me, check this out. Yeah. And then after that, he tweets like, I should probably come on again, huh? That just gave me to talk about it. I know. I know. And it it, it, it is um, it is wild. And none of it is lost on me at all. Yeah. Like I have. Um, dear, dear friends um, that I've made through this podcast. Oh, as Lynn says, she's a crier. I am. She, I know she cries easy is what he said. And I do. Um, but when it comes to things like this, dear, dear friends, like, you know, um, there are people who are so important to this show. Um, and so important to me who I consider not just dear friends, but mentors and, and confidants and people who I can really say, you know, I'm, I, I'm having a, I'm struggling and I, I need to talk yeah. to someone about it and yeah. they pick up the phone and call me and it's, it's, or say like, you know, let's, uh, my schedule's like swamp, but like, when can you talk? And they've become, you know, true, true, true real life friends. Um, and that is never, ever lost. And I, I worked very hard to have all of these relationships and these yeah. friendships that, you know, and it's not from like a cynical or superficial you point didn't of view, go but out like to do it like it, no, it wasn't I, it, yeah and that's the hard thing like that people are like oh you're so lucky to like know these people it's like we, we that's not how it started no. like it started as like six my six podcasts for example started as uh, me talking into my phone in a hotel room totally like it, hey this is a thing that i'm passionate about i ran into yeah. the writers did i tell this story earlier before we started recording or no tell way. it now yeah so essentially how I started guys um, was after like 10 minutes after a conversation with Jillian at Broadway con 2020, <laughs> this is a full circle moment. Um, I ran into Toby and Lucy who were the writers of six along with all the producers that were there. Cause you asked, were, I remember you asked me like, how did you like meet stuff. every, I was like, I didn't know anyone from Hamlet. Like I yeah. didn't know anybody. I and didn't know anything just, or anybody. So I, and I remember like, do it. Like I was quoting Lynn to you. Like, that's why I yeah. brought it up because like you were, you asked me, cause I guess to you, it seemed like I must have known. I was like, I knew no, but I yeah. didn't know a thing. Like make it, do it. Yeah. So I literally turn around from Jillian walk. I want to say <laughs> 50 meters and bump straight yeah. into the producers and everybody. And come I was on. like, Hey, um, I'm going to start a podcast. And they were like, yeah, okay, we'll come on. And I was like, okay, we're doing it. And literally got back to my hotel that night and, and started it. Like, and from there, like the first, my first six episodes were just me waffling and just being like, cool, yeah. this is a thing that I'm like, I'm going to keep going. 
And luckily I, I got a response from a message being like, Hey, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll come on. And my first couple right. of guest episodes were rocky, but then we got there and now but we're great. here. Doing this. You know, it's like, just, but great. Yeah. It's just like, it's so funny to look back at things and be like, cool. I was supposed to be in New York at that time. And that's percent. What? Okay. This is a complete sidetrack, but sure. COVID for you. What oh. was that like? But as as a podcaster, and did you ease off the brakes with what you were doing? How did you approach everything? Because I was really lucky because I just started the six podcast, and all of a sudden I had everyone available who wanted to talk and have conversations. Oh so yeah, it worked really well in my favor because everyone was like, "Cool, yeah, we we want to discuss and we want to just meet people and have a chat." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little different for me at first, but it became such a blessing in disguise, not even in disguise. So, because again, my thing at first, and again, you have to let it like be what it's supposed to be and sort of let go of that. Cause it was like, you have to come over. Yeah. Let me host you. Let me. And because it be, sort of became like part of the bit, like, you know, you'd have a yeah. cocktail, you'd have snacks, you'd have this and like a spread and I'd clean my apartment and it would be like <laughs> that was sort of for years like that was a thing. Yeah. And I remember people like I don't care who you are, if you're Lynn or you're a swing or you're my parents, like you get the same. I'm, I'm cleaning yeah. the apartment the same exact way. Everyone gets the same treatment. Right. Um. And then I remember Jason Crystal, who uh, is like a sound guru for Hamilton, who now is, you know, he's just in the Tommy and Lynn universe. He's doing the sound for Sweeney Todd. He went over to Germany like he's amazing. But he um, thank God. I mean, the timing of it was so great because he was like, hey, so I'm thinking, you know, it was Alex Brightman. uh, Talking about how we can save Beetlejuice. I remember that was a thing. And I remember I was like, come on. I I, te- I tweeted at him. I was like, hey, like, love you. I'm a big fan. Uh, Hamilton's also a show about death. So if you want to talk about how you could save Beetlejuice, like, come on over. And he was like, yeah. OK, <laughs> then, um, that's a that's the beauty of having your own podcast. You could just like find a way to weave yeah. into kind having any guests you want. Yeah. Right. So then we got to talk about like School of Rock and Beetlejuice. But I'm like, they're both yeah. shows about death. I'm yeah. sure you've met Lynn. I know you've met Lynn. like that works. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> so it was Brightman. And then Andy Blankenbuehler was the last. And then Jason Crystal, a sound guy, a sound guru was supposed to be my next thing. And he was like, I'm feeling, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should, you know, like let's, it was that early on that we were like, let's, I don't know what to do. And so it was my first like virtual recording in a long time. And it was such a, uh, just a perfect sort of universe moment where he was like, Oh no, I, I got it. Like, and he kind of walked me through yeah. what it would be because he knows this, that's his, yeah. this is his job. And so it was like, or part of his job, you know, he's just his knowledge base about how to do this is like incredible. And so I was like, okay. So I like the pictures us like on FaceTime and like, you know, when I used to take photos. And so um, it was at first it was like, I don't know how I'm going to, do this or if it's going to work or if people are going to care or if that the fact that they're not on my couch like is that going to change everything like I didn't there was a lot of uncertainty but I knew I wasn't going to stop like I did take off usually I only take off like the the I release on Mondays so the Monday of like uh Christmas week and the Monday of whatever New Year's 
week is just because I know that no one's really around and I would hate for someone's episodes to be released in sort of like a dead week, you yeah. know? So I always sort of take those weeks off in terms of recording. But, um, and then, you know, that was, he, it was like the summer of George Floyd and all of these horrible things. So for the first time ever, I took a, a week off publishing uh, like in the middle of a series because Jason had two episodes. Yeah. So we did one and then I sort of made, you know, posted something on Instagram saying like, just, you know, I'm going to be like donating this week and I urge you to do the same and it just doesn't feel right, you know, in the whatever. Um, but it was interesting because then we became friends and I got to like ask him, he was like, I can, whatever you need, like ask me all these things, like I'll help you. Um, he's just, he's the, he's the best person ever uh, or one of the best and one of the many people I've, I've become friends with through this, but it was hard for me. Cause I felt like, is it going to be the same? I don't know. But then it was a blessing because then it's like, Oh, now I get to talk to everyone on tour. And like, yeah. now it sort of opens up this thing that I was for whatever reason, like Close locking from, myself yeah. from doing. And like when Jonathan Groff came over, he was at his parents' house in Pennsylvania. And yeah. he, we had three like amazing three and a half ish, but three episodes worth of this incredible conversation where he was just like, I'll do the cocktail. Like I'll, you know, he's like refilling his own thing. And it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we could totally do this. And then people were coming back. Like Chris Jackson wanted to come back and everyone sort of wanted to, I don't know. It felt uh, so interesting, Josh, that you're asking me that. Cause I haven't thought about that in, in that context, the way you asked me, but a lot of people felt like they wanted to, help Talk. or they wanted yeah. to be a part of it again or something. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of reflection and it was a lot of like, Hey, what do you need? Like, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. go on Insta live. We'll do this. And it was like, you know, once again, I'm, I'm always George Bailey, just people, you know, just be, being the greatest. Um, and, you know, Lynn came back with the, him saying, you know, I think it's still under the tweet. Like I should probably come back and talk about this. Right. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, virtually of course, but, but I, but, I, but I've adapted and there's something about, I don't know, being able to talk. I now I've I've spoken to people. I mean, I went to London with with True Crime Obsessed. So then we did a we saw, you know, Hamilton in London and got to have this big cast recording. Like I keep calling it a cast recording. It's a a party <laughs> recording yeah. with cast members. And now like I've been doing a lot of virtual recordings with people from that big party recording or just other people that were in the West End company, people from Germany. So now I've sort of like, why was I holding myself back? Yeah. Like what did that, who cares if they're on my couch or not? Yeah. You know, yeah, like interesting. I gotta, yeah. I gotta take my own advice and just let it be what it is, you know? Yeah. yeah see that that's very interesting. Cause like I was virtual the whole time. Like, yeah. Cause I, I, that's how I started. So like that was, that's interesting because you went from the in-person outways. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, getting to talk about the show for nearly seven years, <laughs> that's crazy. Like even like to hear someone like, else say it is like, what? Like that's a long time, but I think it's that go like Hamilton is that show. Like I remember I got introduced to Hamilton from the initial white house. Oh, like kind I mean, of bit that they did. Like that yeah. was my hook point. So I like followed the development all the way through. Um, so I was in like the early stages of everything and it was absolute buzz. But now what, when like 
I think nearly, I want to say nine, nearly 10 years on from that moment even. What's it like to relive this show through other people's eyes? Um, and like, how does it change your perception of the show going to see the show again and being like, oh, cool. Now I've heard that perspective or mm. do you see things a little differently once like swings are gone? Oh yeah, this is what we're like seeing here. And the perception kind of changes once you've spoken about a show and heard the on stage experience, I guess. Um, oh yeah. No. Yeah. It totally does. Well, one thing that's been incredibly cool and like kind of a big honor is that people were coming on the show from either being in the cast saying like, you know, can I come over? And I, and, and also like, I reach out to people too. I don't want it to, I don't want to, you know, yeah. make it seem like I'm being a jerk or anything, but also going from people, you know, Mandy Gonzalez and Chris Jackson and the Lynn and all, you know, all of these people who were part of it for so yeah. long or who like, you know, and then people who like, Today, I'm editing someone who was like, my acapella group did Satisfied in high school and now I'm in the show. (laughs) What? Like, or people who, you know, when people came over, I can't reach it now, but uh, the Hamilton, the big, the Hamilton, you know, the book, which is so, so gorgeous. I, people used to sign it when they came over. Um, And so that like has stopped now. And so that's, that was enough. That was a thing that was kind of like, yeah. You know, because, but also it's so gorgeous and beautiful. And there are pages that you're like, oh, my God, like these people. It was such a it's such a time capsule, but it's also like it stops at Andy. And then, you know, when we went to London, it picked up again. Yeah. But it's like it's wild. Like it, that was three years. Yeah. Right. Ish. Two and a half. Yeah. Um, but there were people who were over who, you know, said like, I, I went to Barnes and Noble and couldn't afford this book. And I, I touched the pages and I was just like manifesting that I was going to be in it. And then they were in it and then they're on my couch talking about it. So because the show reached so many people, no. the show Hamilton reached so many people that it was when that started to change. And then when people would say, oh, I listened to every episode learning, you know, the Stephanie Clemens episode, like dancers who were like, I listened to every word she had to say, or, yeah. you know, uh, Eliza Oman, who also, you know, is part of six now. Um, Who's also been on the way out theater podcast. Uh, she's, isn't I love she, is she not? Right. I love, uh, the, I love uh, her so much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't. That, that um, was one of those out of body experiences for me getting. Right. That was like, cool. Hamilton meets my world now. Right. This is so cool. Did she tell you the story of when she was in that Carly Rae Jepsen video with Tom Hanks? I really, yes. really, really, yeah. really like you. It was the coldest day of the year. Oh my God. I love yeah. that story so much. Um, and that song is so good. And Tom Hanks is the best, but you could see how cold they are. And in the video and like, I'm like, it looks like you're freezing. And Eliza was like, it was hands down, it, like on record, the coldest day of the year in New York City. Um, anyway, she's um, incredible. Um, but, you know, like having that moment where it's like the years are going by and then there are people who are like, I was listening to episodes. Yeah. Um, and not just swings. Like I, you know, some people say like, I listen to every Angelica you've had on just to get some kind yeah, of insight. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. God. And that, that hits hard too. Cause you yeah. forget, like, you know, it feels like it's just us here and it is, yeah. but this will be on YouTube eventually. And I don't yeah. know who's going to hear it. Once you and kind like, of push it out, you kind of almost you forget, forget that it's out there. 
and you forget in the moment because no one's watching you. I mean, that was like a big radio thing. Like when I was doing radio stuff, it was just like, it feels like it's just us here. You know, it's like. We're in our own little world right now, just having our own little chat and no one's going to hear it except we're going to publish it somewhere and you may listen and like to you it. and i know because this yeah. is our job and like but when there's someone who's who's sitting in in front of you just sort of telling their story and then they get like responses to that yeah you know like people are now you know ian when ian weinberger came over um and you know there was a keyboard there and he's you know a, an incredible musician now, like when he walks out of the stage door at the Rogers, people scream for him. No one yeah. ever used the stage door for the musicians. I'm not taking credit for that at all. I'm just saying that like. It opens what, like the consumption of media and the way we are able to present right. different aspects is that yeah. opening everyone's eyes to what the industry actually is. Like, it's not just the people on stage. It's like, cool. There is a hundred other people working on the show yeah. that you don't see. Let's highlight them and give them a spot you're to like, shine. Trying, you're stage drawing the conductor. You're stage drawing yeah. the stage manager, the lighting people, the sound people. Like, that's how fucking so cool, cool is that? Because that's, that's the point, right? Like, yeah, I say this all the time. Like, there were people very early on when the original cast was leaving Hamilton. I was getting like panicky emails. Man, I re- like that was like meltdown one oh one. Like re- that. You remember that, that? That was so intense. Like I was pretty big in Hamilton Twitter at that point. Like I was running, like I, 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 this is a cool Hamilton story, guys. This is my little, I had a book published and sat in the, um, like the backstage area for at least three or four years, um, in Chicago and New York of letters from people around the world. We published it saying what the show meant to them and my copies signed, like I took it stage door and I think I gave it to magic who oh yeah the backstage Antoine yeah um but my copy's signed by magic and like a whole heap of people that stayed door that night that they were the like, oh my god I don't know if it's still there but if it is that would be cool um but yeah like that meltdown of what am I gonna do OBC leaving I think that was the the first kind of big modern musical because we saw it happen with Dear Evan Hansen as well when Ben left and things like that but like that change from Mandy Lynn and everyone who left at that one kind of time, the the yeah. fan base reaction was intense. And wrong. Like I, yeah. I because and so I've been talking about this a lot. And I think it's because Hamilton was so enormous. That it, you know, people learned about like hip hop from it and they learned about different things. And there were also people who like didn't really care about Broadway before. Exactly. And now they're into it and they didn't know that that's part of the gig that like people aren't in it forever. And so you, of course, there's something like your first, (laughs) that first voice you hear and no matter what the character is like that stays with you forever. But there is such a beauty in, and I say it's like collecting baseball cards or like Pokemon. You got to catch them all. Man, There's like, some gorgeousness of like who, wait, 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 who's Burr? Who's yeah. the Angelica? Who's the Eliza? Who's woman five? Like that, like the amount of just like beauty that can be concocted on that yeah. stage, depending on who's playing who is, it should not be ignored. And so, I, so I, I'm, 
how do I say this in the nicest way? I think th- those were people who kind of didn't know any better. Yeah. And they felt uh, wrongly a lot of like ownership and entitlement for like, yeah. I'm a fan of this thing and I fell in love this, with this thing. And like, they owe you, they don't owe you anything. They did their job. Um, and now it's your job to continue loving the thing because as yeah. I used to say in the beginning, the show is the show is the show. And so yeah. it's going to be great. They're not getting me off the street. Would I love to play Burr? Yeah. A thousand percent. <laughs> Are they going to hire me? No. no. Uh, so don't worry about it. Yeah. And also, like, how cool is that, that you get to see a different version than what you see on Disney Plus? That's going to live forever. Go yeah. home and watch that if that's what you want. Yeah. But if you want to see someone else's version, like just to see like one domino affects everybody and uh, like how that's what live theater is. Yeah. And if and you're that, fighting that, then like that's a that's on you. Yeah. hundred percent. I've got a really cool story about this. Like when I 2020 Moulin Rouge was kind of going through. No, it was still OBC at that point. I went and saw it for the first time, absolutely fell in love. I saw it another two times before I went home. But every night I had a different um, sateen. So I had three different sateens over three shows in a week. That's a dream. That's a dream. mind-boggling how different the show was every night because of what was being put in, because of not only sateen changing, but sateen changing moves – different swings into action, mm-hmm. which shifts people out of right. roles into different roles. And I was like, this is a different show every night. Like, it But was, it's like, it's still the same thing. Like no one's going to be surprised, yeah. but it's just like, you're experiencing something different. That's the point yeah, of live theater, everybody. So cool. And like hearing different people's takes on like yeah. riffs or, um, oh, who did I see as Eliza in Chicago? Um, oh, I can't remember her name. It was about six years ago, but um, she did this gasp at the end of the show. Like she would, oh yeah, that last note and go, and like that broke me. And I haven't heard any other Eliza do it that way or do it since. And like that, like. I was like, wasn't expecting it because it wasn't on the recording. And all of a sudden that happened. And I was like sitting there sobbing in the back of the Chicago theater. And I was like, everyone's like, what? I was like, you don't get it. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) See, I love that so much because there are people who might be listening to this to be like, well, she always gasps and she gasps a lot. But the fact that you had seen it multiple times. Yeah. And that gasp to you was different than any other response. Like that is the point, everybody. And it's like gorgeous and great. And like, so at the time, at first, I I mean, these emails were, I mean, panicked. Yeah. And I could tell again, it's like you, again, and I'm trying to say it in the nicest way, like you're new here. Yes. Not to be rude about it, but it's like, that's, that's, a nice thing like how cool is it yeah. that you and get it, like you have the cast recording forever you can listen to that whenever you want like how yeah. cool is it that you get to see see somebody do something else yeah. that like now you have two versions of it you have the memory of this thing that it's probably never going to happen again and then you have the thing that like is your like your comfort album yeah. how great and it was really cool for me like i was heavily invested in the show at that point of that change and i was like oh wow like damn 
things are leaving, but like to go on to see where people have ended up and oh, like yeah. what other shows they've been a part of. And it's just this massive spider web where at one point on Broadway, I think there was an ex Hamilton member in nearly every theater doing mm-hmm. show. Like it was just like, yeah. Oh yeah, cool. Like this show helped launch or helped span people out. Like, yeah. And it was also a great show for, or still is a great show for young people discovering theater for the first time. Like, and that was a massive thing, which is where I think we got the, the, oh my God, what things change. Like, right. And I think we're past that now. Yeah. I think we're, we're we're definitely past like the heightened everyone at a hundred panic. Um, Although, the, you know, everyone has their opinion and the internet, as I said earlier, oh. can be terrible, but like, fuck them. But, you know, it, for the people who actually want to experience things and, and the way they're meant to be experienced, like what a gorgeous thing. I mean, I, I've I've been so lucky to see the show on like. In different cities, in different continents and in different like incarnations of it. And, you know, yeah. I've seen a I've seen the same bird with a different Eliza. I've seen the same bird like. And to I gasp. There are moments where I'm like, <gasps> yeah. or you know, like just to be Ooh. able to experience that. I was just talking to Trevor Dion Nicholas, who is who is from West Virginia, but is Washington right now in London. Um, and he he actually was a cover for James Iglehart in Aladdin on Broadway, and then opened Aladdin in um, the West End. So he his story is unbelievable. So I was stay tuned for that. I was just editing him yesterday, but um, he was just saying how like everything it's all different. Like there are moments. So like for an, for an example is like uh, call me son one more time. That's a really big Hamilton Washington moment. Yeah. Right. When, and then he's like, go home. And so what ended up happening, like no spoilers or whatever for the conversation, if you choose to listen to it, but he was like, I kind of don't know what, what my Washington will do. Until I until I've lived that first half of the first act until that happens, because he's watching, you know, the thing about Hamilton is that everyone is sort of watching what happens from the surround. So like Washington can be watching this particular Hamilton reacting to that particular Eliza reacting to that particular Burr, that particular Angelica. And that sort of informs the call me son one more time moment and Washington responding to that. Because real, you know, the best actors listen and they don't listen like they're not just like listening to the, they're listening. They're like like you as the the person opposite them are like informing what they're doing. Yeah. So I was like, Trevor, I think that's amazing that like you wake up that day and you don't know don't who know your you're George do. Washington is going to be. And he was that's like, so how cool. cool is that? I was like, that's the coolest. <laughs> so, yeah, that's live theater, though. Like and that's like I, I saw Hairspray last night. Um just on a whim here in Adelaide. And there was a moment where there was just a character break and it was that comedic moment between um, the two, like when the curtain's down and they're sitting there and they just like played a joke on each other and broke character for two minutes. And it was just like, I'm sitting there as like someone that regularly attends theater. Like that's so cool. Like they didn't know that was going to happen. And And they're not doing that tomorrow, but everyone's like, ha 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 ha. I'm like, that's not happening for the rest of the week. That probably won't right. happen for the rest of the run. Like, And it didn't was, happen before. Exactly. It happened right now. Yeah. And there was a conversation that happened behind me. This girl was like, oh, that was so funny. Like, da, da, da. I was like, 
that doesn't happen every night. She's like, what? I was like, that whatever happened on stage, that wasn't planned. They're like, but how do they, I was like, they didn't know that was happening. Whatever that moment was, whatever was going on, whether it had been backstage or it came on stage and it, Luckily happened during a scene where they could break character. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> but like, it was just so spot on where everybody just had this sense of, yeah, this is really funny. Like, and it was a colloquial yeah. laugh and it was just so heartwarming to be like, everyone's really invested in this moment right now. Right. And that's live theater. That's yeah. why we do what we do. Like, and you guys are listening to absolute theater nerd kind of, Oh yeah. Vomit right now. Like this is our world. It's very rare. We get to talk to one another and not <laughs> other people in shows, <laughs> but like. I you got to come on the Hamilcast and we can do this. Cause I, I actually, I'd lie to you. I actually only have like 20 minutes, but come on the Hamilton. Let's talk yeah, af- right I'll after talk this. My Hamilton we'll, yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, like, oh my God. I mean, we'll schedule this like today or tomorrow. I mean, it's tomorrow for it's yesterday for you. Look, I've got the, the next Australia couple of days time. so I can, I can, we'll, we can make it work. Let's do it in the next couple of weeks because I want the Patreon peeps to be able to submit questions Easy. to you. That All right, works. cool. All right, let's do oh, it. Wow. Okay. Full <laughs> yeah. circle, guys. Fan to a guest. Um, but yeah, so wow. I'm like, how good is theater? Like, do you I know it's it's not even um, just show specific, but just like do you have that moment where you go to see other shows where you just sit in there and you hear the start of the overture and you're like you just go into another world. Yeah. Like, you're not, yeah. you, you know, I, I'm, that, I'm that person that wants to show up a little bit early because yeah. even if I've like been at the theater a thousand times, like the Rogers, for example, in New York city, I just like, I like feeling the energy a little bit before yeah. the show. I'm not the person showing, you know, in New York city, I don't know if they, they do that in Australia, but like in New York city, it's like the, the show is that the tickets are like at eight, but the curtains at like eight Oh seven always, there's always like a little bit of a, we're usually, we're usually spot on. Usually yeah. our producers are spot on 7.30, 7.30. Maybe we'll go seven of, uh, like 7.35 if yeah. like house isn't set, but usually it's within a couple of minutes spot on. Yeah. In London, they were like right on time. Yeah. London um, has and a, so like we, a strict rule on it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> like they, but they, they also will like sell you a bottle of wine, which I was like, why are we not doing this in New York? It was a three hour show. There's <laughs> two of us. What's going on? Um, but yeah, I'd like being there a little early. I like just, I don't know, even if I've seen it a zillion times, I just like being, it's sort of seeing like what the vibe is. And I don't know. I like the, the smell, you know, it's it, not to be creepy, but I just like that, that like just sort it's of diff- being in the air and being yeah. in the, the energy of it. And it's just so, uh, and th- we have like, the best houses in New York and do they need oh. to, I mean, the, the thing is they're super teeny tiny. Yeah. So like, they're not the most accessible, which I hate. Like, yeah. so there's part of, I'm sort of like wrestling with it where it's like, I love the history of it. I love that they're like old houses and they're, yeah. but because of that, they're very small and they're not so accessible. So I'm wrestling with that a little bit because I wish that they were yeah. easier for everyone. Yeah, there's, to- there's something like for those of you that haven't been to New York, um, like, there's something about your houses that is just. They're like all haunted. Like you could feel yeah. it. Like they're oh, old, 100%. old, 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 old. Yeah. And it's like, we can't just knock them all down and, and remake them. Like what, what yeah. are we like? I, I, I don't know well, what the you, answer is. But you don't have the space in that. Like, even if you did do that, you couldn't, or you would have like, there's no way to expand or anything with 
where they're built. It would be like one one house would be out of commission for like two years. Yeah. Every yeah. every two years or three years. I mean, everything takes a thousand years in New York City. I'm not yeah. kidding. Like the Second Avenue subway took over a hundred years to be built. Yeah. There's an like it, everything takes forever. So it's sort of like if you're gonna start this project, then that means that like one Broadway house is gonna be out of commission for God knows yeah. how long. Yeah. So it's like, do we want to keep theater open? But at the same time, it's like we have to make it more accessible. And I, I don't have the answer. I don't yeah. know what that is. Um, but All there is do is talk about it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and theorize and speculate yeah. wildly. Hmm. Um, what was your first show back after? Do you do you remember the feeling of yes, theaters back in New York? My first show back was um, Hamilton. The Hamilton uh, first show back. Oh God, yeah. I stupidly wore mascara because uh, I cried my eyes out, and it was the the energy was. It felt like there was an earth, like a subtle earthquake, like walking yeah. into the Rogers. It felt shaky yeah. because the energy. And then when Miguel Cervantes came out and said, I am Alexander Hamilton, everyone yeah. stood oh. up. And like, I also went to the invited dress too. So that was like another yeah. insane moment, but it was different because they were, it was like, it was the, the, rehearsal or you know invited dress or whatever but there were people who because they had a lot of like um essential workers and like friends of people so they weren't uh necessarily like super fans like there were people like the 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 first show back after lockdown was open to the public so people bought tickets for that day yeah so that's what the was like too yeah. Right. So the dress rehearsal or the, you know, invite, I can't re- remember exactly what it was. There were people that were like friends of the, the production or, fr- you know, essential workers and all that. So they were like, there were a lot of people there who had seen Hamilton, were seeing Hamilton for the first time. So yeah. that was a little like, woo. But when me and Mike went and our, uh, our friend Jensen was there with us, like that was, that was the day that like everyone bought tickets yeah. for that. And we were like waiting for this. And Tommy Kale made a, made a speech with Jeffrey Seller. And it was sort of like, just like, are you, it was almost like, are you ready for this? Like, like, no. And so when Miguel came out and said, what's your name, man? And he goes, Alexander Hamilton. It was the entire place, like, like shot up, um, like in unison. Yeah. And just screaming and crying and clapping. And you could see everyone on stage, like receiving it. She got me guys. She got me to cry. Also, like <laughs> trying to be like respectful, or yeah. you're trying to be like in character still, but it, it was almost like you could see everyone like, yeah. Because the whole point is like everyone sort of like freezes. It's like I am Alexander Hamilton, and that yeah. my name is Alexander, and we we wouldn't let Miguel get there. We were just like, <laughs> like yeah. just it was so. Um, it, it, you can't explain it, like unless you were there, because I had the same thing with. I went to Frozen. It was the first show to reopen in Australia yeah. after. And there was a buzz in the theater and it was yeah. all the theater fans, everybody that was invested that wanted the theater to come back was there. And as soon as you heard that, na, 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 hey, na, there was this electricity and like it, everyone who were like my whole row, we grabbed each other mm-hmm. and it was just like, right. and oh, I could, know this buzz and it was, it wasn't even like a vocal whisper. It was just this, it was like a wave from top yeah. to bottom all the way to the stage being like, fuck yeah, yeah. go kill it. Like, and yeah, it was like comes up and like Sam oh, Hagen yeah. touched on it in one of my episodes, like they could feel it and they were like, 
they couldn't hold their voices because they were like crying behind everything. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yeah, like, like the Yorktown dance break, which, you know, is my favorite <sighs> thing of all time. Like in that moment, everyone on their feet, any, any time you had a anyone could possibly be, yeah. Immigrants, we get the job done, Woo! Yeah. like everything. But I think it was either that, that same night or the night before, after a dear friend of mine, Natalie went to wicked and the first line of wicked, I mean, after like, She's After dead, she's whatever, dead. <laughs> whatever. But when Glinda comes down is it's good to see me, isn't it? Yeah. And everyone I'm getting chills just thinking about it. And I wasn't even there. And everyone fucking went crazy. Yeah. And I mean, you, what a perfect first line. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it's the same thing as like someone introducing themselves where it's like, yeah. oh, my God, good to see you again, Alex. Like, oh, my God. Oh, we've missed you, Alexander. But it's good to see me, isn't it? And like she knew. Yeah. And it was like, it, it must've been discussed for months at like oh, everyone. She, she would have been sitting on that for years. Oh, yeah. oh. She's like, yeah, and cool, the musicians gonna... and everyone was probably like, we're going to just hold for a cool 90 seconds. That hundred percent would have been least. on the show notes on the board. Be like, Hey, just, just oh, so you're aware. It's <laughs> good probably... to see me, isn't it? And it's just like, it, it, uh, it was a very electric. That week was a very electric yeah. time and I think on Broadway. That, I think that highlighted around the world when the West End came back, Australia came back, you guys yes. came back. It highlighted, hey, this is fucking important. Like, right. take care of us next time because yeah. look at everybody. Like, Yeah, because right. what everyone <laughs> missed was the arts and what everyone was asking for. You it's know. just a shared experience where everybody's sharing the exact same experience but gets something out of it differently. Yeah. Like, and also wearing a mask took nothing away from it. So oh, absolutely I'm just, just going to put that just out there. Like, <laughs> put nothing out there. Don't wear a mascara, I guess, if you oh. don't want to like a dummy. Josh, why did I do that? Oh, look, you live your life. Like I should have known better. I think it was just like muscle man. I was like, oh, I'm like going out. And also because I was like, I haven't gone out to dinner in a long yeah. time. I kind of like didn't yeah. know. I remember feeling very anxious about like, okay, so we're going to, like, oh, like it felt, it was so I'm going foreign. to the theater and it wasn't like a, oh, I've been well, to I'm this theater a like, hundred times before. I'm going to the theater. It was like, like, I'm going to dinner with friends. Yeah. And then like seeing friends after it was, it was a very, it felt very foreign. <sighs> and it was, it was a, it was, it was insane. And it felt very, it was different because like walking around New York city to get like grocery, I mean, everyone bailed. Yeah. Most people bailed uh, and it felt I can't remember who I spoke to about this, but it felt very much like 9-11 when 9-11 happened, where it was like the streets were bare. Yeah. No one if it was wild to walk yeah. on like really like Second Avenue or, very, you know, if you're in, in, on the West Side, like Eighth Avenue and just have yeah. like just tumbleweeds Nothing. and crickets. Yeah. Um, and back then when we were grocery shopping with like gloves on, you know, yeah. like surgical, like. Just, but thinking about that time and just like, you know, Lysoling our cereal boxes and Lysoling, you know, the yeah. things that it was just that that time where we kind of didn't know what was going yeah. on and everything was very heightened. And then to finally sort of be in this annoyingly small <laughs> theater. Like it was, it was sort of like, we still were, we wanted it so badly, but at the same, the same time, we still weren't exactly ready for what it would mean. Like even in our dreams and in our fantasies of like, oh my God, we're going to hear like, what's your name, man? Alexander. Like we, it was nothing that we could really. You couldn't, there's no way you could prepare for that first night back. Like 
doesn't matter where you were, what you saw, like if you were in a theater seeing that first show back for that show, that your experience, you, right. one, you could probably never get someone to experience that again. No. And everybody experienced something different. Like, but mm. it was the same energy throughout. And it yeah. was like, cool. Everyone's connected and we're just throwing everything at it. It was. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. The, the roar of it from my side and then like the people, like from my end of the spectrum, right? Like just like being in the audience and then like what that must have been like to, for the people oh. on stage to miss being on stage and doing what they do and, and like projecting whatever their story is, no matter what show you're in. Yeah. Getting that wave of like, fuck, we needed it, you. 100% we missed you so like, much. It would have been so hard to stay in character. Like yeah. to feel that and be like, oh yeah, cool. This is my job. I got right. back. Like. Right. And then to like use that energy, like oh, the audience is always giving the actors energy yeah. on the stage. Right. And then like that, but that's almost energy that like, you have to like really kind of deal with before Learn you to, get on stage. Yeah, like how am I going to yield yeah. this? Because it's so like, yeah. how do I, you know, as like an Aaron Burr who like is constantly trying to keep his energy like in. Yeah. How do you receive that yeah. during yeah. Aaron Burser and then just be like, Nope, I can't. No, 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 not till yeah. the end. <laughs> yeah. Not till at least wait for it. Like yeah. I got to like Yeah. Amazing. Oh. Um before we go down another tangent. Yeah. We'll wrap it up there <laughs> so you can Great. get to your next thing. <laughs> um but guys, thank you for joining us for another episode of the We Are Theater podcast and by the sounds of things you'll see me on another podcast soon somewhere else. Absolutely. Well, um, yeah. So we'll let you know when that's happening. But you know how everything works. Make sure you're going following the Hamilcast if you haven't listened to it do it because there's 380 something episodes to catch up on. So you got to like start 350, now. I think, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll send you some good ones <laughs> look, to, look. to say, you know, and yeah. everyone in the cabinet, the Alex Lackamore episodes will blow your mind. Lynn, Tommy. We'll Blank, put a link to and, a whole heap of things down below. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Guys I'll, I'll send you, on. I'll send you the good ones. Yeah. We've got it. Not the, I, sorry. I don't mean the good ones. I just mean like for the new what? people. <laughs> We'll, we'll handpick them for you guys to listen to. Uh, make sure you're following us, giving us a big thumbs up, like wherever you are watching, listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode of the We Are Theatre Podcast. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.